Hello folks and welcome along to the latest Irish F1 show podcast. This time out we're not reviewing a race, we're going down a different route. And a number of months ago you may have read the news that Transformate, uh, an Irish company which obviously is operating in the global market, um, struck up a partnership deal with Haas. And through some very, very good contacts and those that we are very much grateful for here on the Irish F1 show, we managed to sit down with Matt Gamby of Sportquake. Sportquake were heavily involved in bringing together the uh, agreement between Haas and Transformate. So we thought, do you know what? Wouldn't this be great to give an insight? How does an actual deal between an F1 company and a business come together? What are the quirks of those things? How can they meet in the middle? How can they agree on all fronts? And we thought, do you know what? This would be very, very interesting. So luckily, in the last few weeks, as we said, we did get a chance to speak to Matt Gamby, and he gives us an insight into just how a deal comes together in terms of sponsoring an F1 team. We hope you enjoy. Now on the Irish F1 show, I am delighted to be joined by Matt Gamby, Global Partnership Director at Sportquake. Matt, how's things? Welcome aboard. Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, listen, uh, we have a few people to thank for putting us in touch with, with your good self. Um, obviously... There is somewhat of an Irish connection with uh, with Sportquake and with Haas. Maybe you'll tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no. So I was fortunate enough to uh, to work with the guys at, at Transfer, mate. We've been working with them for a number of years now, um, but we saw an opportunity that popped up at, uh, at Haas in terms of how the Transfer, mate, product could be integrated into Haas and you know the uh, the FX exposure they have. Um, and also, you know, a perfect marketing tool for them. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a real success story, Transformate. Um, it's not based too far away from where I am right now. And to have that connection with a sport that's just ever growing in popularity, you know, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Formula One, uh, it's changed so much over the last four or five years in terms of the digitalization of the sport. Um, it was at some points, you know, considered way behind um, football and new emerging sports, but now it's well in the thick of it. And if you look at the viewing figures, I mean, what they have 20, 23 races per year, 20 races, 23 next year per year. And, you know, the viewing figures are at one, one and a half billion. I mean, the viewership per race is per event is something that's unrivaled in, in the rest of sport at the moment. Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, a lot of of your experience, I would guess, is with maybe soccer teams, shirt sponsorships, and yeah. stuff. Is this your first kind of venture into Formula One in terms of managing something from that side of things, or did you have other experiences before this? Yeah, it really is our first. Um, you know, transformator, one of our first clients within Formula One. Um, you know, a lot of as you mentioned, a lot of the the work that we do is within football. Um, but we, you know, really track the trends of, of sport and what we've obviously seen um, with the growth path that, that Formula One's been on, um, you know, it makes complete sense, uh, you know, for us to get involved in it. And the opportunity with Transfermate just came at the right time. Um, you know, I've known the guys at, at Transfermate for a long time. And in terms of when the opportunity came up from, from Haas and we're always on the lookout for those types of opportunities, it just made perfect sense for them. Also, in terms of the globalization of the sport, you know, there's nothing more global than Formula One with all the different races in different markets. And that suits an international business like Transfermate right down to the ground. Mm-hmm. 
the landscape of I suppose these sort of deals and the way they're kind of put together and the demands has really grown in the last couple of years, you're telling me off air. So what are those changes that you have seen and would Drive to Survive be in any way responsible for those changes? Yeah, I was going to say maybe as a, you know, a fanatic, it's not the greatest thing to hear because I'm sure you hear it a lot, but Drive to Survive has just completely changed the, the sport in terms, as I was talking about, in terms of the, the digital aspect of it. It's just, it's just crazy. We used to compare, you know, uh, sponsorship properties uh, four or five years ago when we were proposing things to people and you'd look at the database numbers that some of the football clubs would have versus what some of the, you know, Formula One teams would have and the football clubs just knocked it out of the park. And now when you look at it in terms of the interest in Formula One, it's going, it's going the other way, it's heading the other way. So Drive to Survive certainly has picked up a completely new audience what it's done for the US market as well is huge. I mean, obviously, you know, we're seeing the Vegas race um, being brought in next year. So they'll have three races uh, in the US. It's pretty, you know, it's all it's all heading that way in terms of view and viewership numbers, interest. And I can just see them wanting to keep adding more and more races on. Does the job become more difficult as the demands grow then? Uh, yeah. It certainly does. It makes the, you know, if you just look, if I'm sure if we had a trend of um, actual expenditure from sponsors, I mean, you know, where Formula One, it, it was considered very good for B2B sponsors. So someone like a transfer mate, historically, you know, because it's the, one of the best events to go into a race weekend, the hospitality that, that uh, F1 put on is just unrivaled. And it was a really great way to see to entertain clients, to bring clients to, to the global uh, races. But now it's actually something that, you know, retail brands are getting heavily involved in. You know, you're seeing more consumer facing brands really pushing the button on, on sports sponsorship. And the, you know, the, the budgets are ever increasing because there's only so many brands you can uh, you can stick on a car. Mm-hmm. And they, fi- they find all weird and wonderful places to put them as well. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. That's very notable over the last uh, couple of years, in fairness. So just say from Sportquake's point of view, your own point of view, was it an easy adaptation to make when you go down the route of Formula 1? I'm sure a lot of the skill set and the techniques are, are quite similar, irrespective of what you're selling. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously you obviously have elements of the package that are similar across all sports. But I have to say the... I suppose in terms of the understanding and education around how the sport operates, how the different um, elements of the package can be activated and can be used is quite different. So um, yeah, we had to we had to upskill in terms of education around that, and you know even the way that hospitality is delivered to sponsors and who owns that, how that's operated, is you know, much more complex than, you know, just having a, a box at a football stadium, which is in the same place every week. Um, it's, it's very, it was a very different negotiation. Mm-hmm. And to try and fulfill all of that, I suppose, in terms of maybe hospitality and stuff, you've got to build relations and relationships, I should say, with probably a lot of people that have been involved in a lot longer than yourself, which might not always be the most straightforward thing to do, because sometimes people are a bit reluctant to maybe share information and things. But, that was, that's obviously a big task and a big adjustment that would have had to be made, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's um, 
you know, I think even entering into the the Formula One space, I think you know they they would look at look at us as very much a, a football agency at one point. But I think now, in terms of, I mean, even the guys in the office, you know, everyone's watching Drive to Survive. Our education around it is much better than it ever has been. Um, just having a lot more knowledge around how the teams operate, who are the team principals, who are the drivers, how things are moving around. It's you know that's on honestly as as much as i enjoy the series what it's done from an education point of view is is incredible and I, you know i wasn't you know i wasn't a massive fan of of formula one before the drive to survive days and now i absolutely love it and i can talk about it and once you're passionate about selling something when you've got the understanding of it it's then easier to sell if i'm approaching mark amby or sport quick what are the typical demands and requests that might be I suppose placed upon you by myself and if it's a case where I have particular demands or if financial expectations aren't the same how do we go about not falling out over this and making sure the sale still goes by while upkeeping all of the the terms that's requested I suppose like it's a it's a hard thing to to marry I'd imagine but obviously it comes back to experience and skills yeah yeah and I suppose also being the being the agency where you know where what we're really there for is to have the difficult conversations you know so the the brand and the the team their relationship is always stay sweet whereas you can then have the difficult conversations as and where they need to be made um <clears throat> but i mean in terms of the you know it's it's always a tricky process because you are the messenger you are the, the middleman but it's um you know it's something that's that's enjoyable and you will always find a way or a route um to find a potential uh, solution so for example if it's to do with the financial requirement you know the team want more money than what the brand's willing to spend well maybe we need to find a different place on the car maybe we need to find a different place on the driver's suit maybe we need to you know change things up a little bit in terms of the package so that we can find that middle ground between what the brand values are at and what the team values are at. I suppose even from your own point of view, when, like, I imagine this, I want to assume now that the contract was possibly about a tender. You've got to do an awful lot yourself to make sure you go and secure that. Um, maybe it's a case that you got headhunted and Hask County. I don't know. I don't know how these things work, but maybe you'll enlighten me on, on how that kind of uh, comes about. Yes, I think obviously with, with the transfer mate product, it's quite, quite unique in terms of, you know, they can help global businesses with their um, FX money transfer exposure. So, for, a, for someone like Haas and Haas Automation, you know, they're a global business. So they have a lot of FX money transfers, which Transformate could actually integrate Haas or Haas could integrate Transformate into their business, which is a big plus immediately. I think that's the way that the sponsorship's going now. It's all about how you can, it's not just a badging exercise, it's how you can really integrate the product and almost have your own hook in terms of how you can sell yourself through a sponsorship. Um, but this particular opportunity uh, was more sort of seizing and, uh, you know, seeing how much, uh, how Haas could benefit from their, from Transformate services and then tying them together. So it wasn't so much a tender process, um, but, you know, to say, you know, it was a, it was a lengthy process in order to you know, educate everyone on everyone's services, who everyone is, build that relationship and then, you know, deliver the sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And just say in a general sense, then um, a company is looking to come to you and 
I suppose, have available your services and there's a few others in the market. So like you've got you've got to keep things very tight. I'm sure you have it down to down to fine art because you want you want to keep that relationship. You obviously you know want want the partnership. You want you want the business, and then obviously you have to go off and do the do the hard work for them on <laughs> on their behalf to an, to an extent. Like that that process is definitely something that intrigues me in particular as well. And uh, again, I'm sure it's a it's a well polished and well well oiled machine, no different than an F1 car. But you know maybe you give us some insight on that if you could. Yes, I mean, obviously, where, where it normally starts is with the commercial teams. So, um, you know, we'd obviously, we'd spoken to, to Haas in terms of, you know, trying to understand um, their FX money expo like exposure throughout a year's period. Um, and we spoke with the commercial team on that, you know, even went higher than that in terms of the Haas, Haas team, you know, even... There were elements of the negotiation where Gunter was even involved, um, who, you know, is an absolute fantastic character, you know, to have um, in terms of building a relationship with the brand, but also to be involved in negotiations. I don't think you'd have many team principals that would do that. And that was something that was really special. And also what I know that the guys at TransferMate found really special as well. Um, and, you know, really it's, so it starts with the commercial team, you're then effectively talking about there was there was three parts to it. So you obviously had the service integration. So what how TransferMate could help Haas, and then how Haas could help TransferMate from a brand and marketing perspective. So then, you know, each each side had their own initial idea in terms of values, in terms of you know where TransferMate would be on the car, where it would be on the driver's suit, where it'd be on the mechanics uniforms. Um, and obviously, you know, once we looked at the service, once we looked at the the branding rights, it was then about just finding that middle ground as we as we discussed between you know, how transfer mate value it versus how has value it. And you know, there was there was some moving parts within that as well. Cause I think also the you know, as as you see when you when you when you watch it, there's obviously certain parts of the car that are more um valuable than others. And obviously, you know, that's exactly how the, the Formula One teams will price that up. Mm -hmm. In terms of Gunter, he's definitely a target on the wish list to try get him on the Irish F1 show at, at some point because we absolutely love him. I'm a big fan. Richard Carney's a big fan. Barry Rabbit is a is a big fan. I think everyone's a fan. In fairness, um, yeah. I don't know how you how you could dislike him. He's just a really really colourful character. Is he as I suppose? Um, Ah, wild is unfair. Is he as colourful? I, I suppose um, when when you have a dealing with him in the flesh, as he seems on on camera. Yeah, I mean he's he's a very passionate guy. Like he absolutely loves what he does. Um, and he's very passionate about it, and he's very passionate about the team. And obviously, the uh, the project that you know him and him and Gene have built um, with with ha with Haas Formula One. I mean it's it's a great story. You know from how he was involved in the sport to where he is now and also you know he can i mean the personality and obviously the i suppose the awareness he now has since the drive to survive series it's made it's almost made Haas, you know everyone's you know, fav second favorite team or even favorite team just from the you know the way especially for newcomers that like me who you know wasn't a fanatic about formula one wasn't didn't have the biggest interest watch drive to survive and now you're interested about how Hass are doing every week, just because of the the persona and character the team have built through that. 
and that that's something that's super interesting because obviously not all the teams were fully behind it uh, at the start of when it was being streamed, but Hass were one that were. Yeah, they probably saw the value in the the advertising, the market, and everything, the exposure. And you know, if you look at the season, there's uh, there's been notable improvements. At least that's how it seems from the outside in, anyway. And that's that's obviously good for everyone involved. Yeah, certainly. I think they. Um... You know, I remember we, we had some calls around the forecast of where they think they'll finish this year. And, you know, I think they still see room, room for growth as well in terms of, you know, where, where they'll be. Obviously, they had the, the Ferrari engine this year, which, you know, they thought was going to start really well. Um, and I think that, you know, there's certainly big things to come. And I think the budgets are only ever going to, you know, in terms of what the sponsorship values and the budgets these teams are going to carry on having, it's just going to, keep increasing you just hope there is not a massive disparity between the the top and and the lower to keep Absolutely. it competitive yeah matt really appreciate you giving up your time it's lovely to have a chat with you and to see how all these irish connections are, are working obviously being an irish f1 show it's uh you know it's, it's nice insight to get so uh really appreciate your time and thanks for having a chat with us here all right no worries yeah thanks for having us cheers yeah, so there you have it, folks. That's our conversation with Matt Gambio Sportquake, giving us an insight into how an F1 deal comes together. Very, very enjoyable indeed, and just one of the many facets that uh, we will look to explore in terms of Formula One. Fantastic, too, that you know, a company with uh, obviously massive, massive Irish connections, a global company with massive Irish connections based here in Ireland, you know, was involved. Uh, we think back to previous deals which would have occurred over the years and of course the, the most notable thing in general being Jordan F1 itself uh, but fantastic just to get an insight into how it all comes together. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. We're back uh, very very soon indeed with another review and thanks very much indeed for listening in and for viewing on YouTube. Don't forget to give us a 5 star rating on Apple and Spotify for listening there. That is a big big help to us. You can follow us there as well and hit subscribe on YouTube and turn on the notifications to never miss an episode again. Until next time, take care.